1: The Patriot is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio.
0: With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zarari, marking the 11th anniversary of the death of his predecessor, Osama bin Laden, He says, quote, U.S. weakness was the reason that its ally Ukraine became prey for Russian invasion and troops. Ukrainian troops, meanwhile, solidifying their positions around the nation's second largest city as Russian forces deliver more punishing attacks on an embattled steelworks in the southern port of Mariupol, And Ukrainian officials say four Russian cruise missiles fired from an aircraft hit the southern region of Odessa early Saturday morning. Rescue teams in Havana still looking for survivors in the ruins of a luxury hotel shattered by an explosion. At least 25 people have been killed. Another 60 have been hurt. This is
1: SRN News. AM 1280, The Patriot, coming to you from the Kirby and Christina Realty Studios. My
2: name is Gabe, and our annual kindness challenge is back. And not only could you win $5,000, you could win an additional $5,000 to be donated to an organization in your name. The 2022 Kindness Challenge is brought to you by Air Mechanical. Your weather, today, sunny and a high of 75. Tomorrow for Mother's Day, showers likely and breezy,
1: and a high of 60. The Narn with Mitch Burr continues.
0: Portions of this program may have been pre recorded.
1: This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act Mitch Bird.
2: Welcome back, Twin Cities End World. It's the wind beneath the right wing. The show that is making talk radio great, again, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. My name is Mitch Berg, charter member of the Narn, along with King Banyan, who is heard Saturday mornings from 9 to 11. On our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman, along with the new guys, Brad Carlson, The Closer, heard Sundays from 1 to 3 here on AM 1280, The Patriot, and Jack Tomzak, the new guy, the guy who needs a show nickname like Stat. We're going to have to work on that here. Uh, Coming up, by the way, right after my show here, 3 to 5 every Saturday on AM 1280, The Patriot, we are 18 years strong, dominating Twin Cities media of all types. TV, print, all of it. We dominate them. Name one, we beat them. At any rate. That's something that's fairly eternal here in Twin Cities Media, along with some other things that are eternal in Minnesota. I mean, death taxes, of course, uh, fishing opener, beautiful springs, disappointing sports teams that always break your heart if you invest any of your heart in them, which, quite frankly, I do not because, well, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, so I've got my own heartbreak to deal with here, but... Uh, The other great Minnesota tradition is progressive plutocrats with deep pockets pouring piles and piles of money and throwing their weight around in Minnesota politics under the complete cover of the Twin Cities bought off and compliant media with us to talk about the last of those. And who knows, maybe some of the others. A longtime friend of this broadcast, Bill Glahn, uh, joins us. Bill, welcome to the Northern Alliance. Been a long time. How are you doing today?
3: I'm doing fine, Mitch. How are you doing?
2: Uh, You know, never better. The worst day on the air is, as always, better than the best (laughs) day off the air, so I'm living in proof. Bill, you wrote a great piece a couple weeks ago for, I believe, the Center of the American Experiment on the ongoing... Uh, operation hidden beneath what looks like the world's largest Kelly Green White Castle building uh, in, <laughs> in, in my neighborhood, in the uh, corner of Snellian University. It looks like a, a white castle that's gone moldy and grown to three stories tall. It's Spruce Tree Square in St. Paul, a place from which private enterprise has long been completely vacant uh, and has been taken over by uh, the nonprofit industrial complex, including perhaps uh, the big daddy of them all in Minnesota political nonprofits, the Alliance for Better Minnesota. And I read your piece and I started having some déjà vu going back to 2010, 2012 when ABM first brought the sheer bludgeoning power of all that Rockefeller and Bloomberg money to bear in Minnesota politics. Uh it's something that stays underneath the radar outside of conservative media. But let's uh, give a quick uh, refresher for people who haven't been paying attention for the last decade or so. What is the Alliance for a Better Minnesota and what is it the tip of an iceberg for
3: Bill Glon? Well, it's the main funding mechanism that the progressive left, the Democrat Party, the Liberals, however you want to describe them, finance election campaigns in Minnesota. So uh, nominally, Alliance for Better Minnesota is a nonprofit corporation, but it only exists to take in money and then spend it on television ads, Internet ads, campaign mail, whatever the uh, election uh, gurus call for in electing Democrats. And they've been extraordinarily successful. You mentioned uh, the 2010 election. Uh, they were actually founded back in 2007, which happened to be the first, uh, the first year after the last statewide win by a Republican, which was Tim Pawlenty, won uh, the governor's race in 2006. Uh, Alliance for a Better Minnesota was formed in 2007, and their record's been pretty amazing at the state level anyway, Um, maybe not so much at the legislature. But at the state level, they've won every race they participated in, and they are a nonprofit, and all they do is they take in money, and then they redirect it to spend uh, on media uh, telling people to vote Democrat.
2: Yeah, and and by the way, I mean, let's talk about. Uh, I mean, you sound like you'd be describing an awful lot of political nonprofits. I mean, you you could be describing the Alliance for a Better. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the Center of the American Experiment in some ways, or not really them, but there are other there are groups on the right that also serve sort of the same purpose. They they focus donor contributions on races. It's just that the sheer amount of financial firepower these that the ABM uh, is in front of, and the network of organizations behind them is just yeah, dazzling.
3: I, I think that's a fair description. There are groups on the right or favor Republicans or are nonprofits. The center is not one of them, but there are nonprofits right. who engage in election activity. But when you talk Minnesota and just the state of Minnesota, when you're talking groups that are on the right side of the spectrum, millions of dollars in an election cycle groups on the left side of the spectrum, tens of millions. So it's at least another, zero. And it's, uh, again, it depends on how you measure these things, but the rights being outspent 10 to one, 20 to one, 30 to one, it's not, uh, it's not close. It's not a fair fight.
2: Yeah. And, and years ago, probably back in 2010, when they first got into my radar, and I did a ton of writing about ABM in 2010, 2012, with the aid of some of the uh, the former Minnesota blogger uh, organization friends, uh, Derek Brigham did a, uh, who's a blogger of of long repute, who's been out of the business for a good decade right now, did a, a absolutely an insane chart showing the different organizations and the network of how the money moves from fundraising through the back channels through this network almost an underground railroad of money bringing money into rather than out of the state and pumping it into all these advocacy organizations
3: yeah if you uh look at Derek's work 10 years ago and look at that chart it's gotten even more complex so in the last just few years they've introduced new organizations where now they target certain communities in their voting bloc so there's an organization that focuses just on minority communities, immigrant communities. Yep. There's another organization that they just started that focuses on the youth, the young person vote. And all again, all of it is run out of the same ugly green building on the corner of Snelling and university uh, about a block away from the soccer stadium. They just keep proliferating the number of different organizations and getting ever more specialized in uh, the demographics of the voters they're targeting and the the i would say sub non-profits they're funding through these various mechanisms but it's you look at the uh, universe of these groups and the piece i think you're referring to i wrote i charted about half a dozen six or eight of them yeah and they all have the same core four to six people who are on the boards of directors so it's the same people running all these different groups but again it makes the transparency a little tougher when you have to navigate this group gave to that group who gave to the third group The follow the money trail some of it's actually circular somehow it ends up back where it started i don't quite understand that but it's it's tough to follow if you really want to figure out who's funding campaigns in minnesota
2: now there's two points to bring up about that observation bill glenn number one is uh, perish the thought that that's the left's goal but if that were the left's goal to render their funding mechanism as opaque as possible it's hard to see what they would be doing differently again not that they would do any such thing bill glant uh the other thing is (laughs) the other thing is you pointed out in your article that came out uh, a couple weeks back uh the the just the sheer uh, insularity of the talent involved and of course the biggest example is the president, the chairman of the DFL for the last I don't know 10 years or so now, Ken Martin, his previous gig was in that machine. I mean, I don't know if he ran ABM, but he ran Win Minnesota, which was one of the right. big fundraising organizations, one of the organizations that shunts money. Uh, I forget if it was one of the producers or the consumers of the funding. Either way, it was one of the stops on that uh, flow chart that the <laughs> money gets shuffled around through here. And so the, the circle is that tight on the left.
3: Yeah, so Ken Martin, uh, his previous job was Win Minnesota, which is a, a fundraising arm of Alliance for a Better Minnesota. That's so he right. was the money man. He was the guy bringing in the money mostly from large left wing billionaire donors, labor unions, that sort of stuff. Uh, it's amazing, one of the top people at Education Minnesota. Previously ran Alliance for a Better Minnesota, Carrie Lucking. So she's yep. either the number one or the number two person in an organization, depending on how you count these things. And her previous job was running Alliance for a Better Minnesota. And the current uh, the gal who currently runs it, Denise Cardinal, uh, she <laughs> previously ran it back uh, in partnership with Ken Martin, the DFL chair. But they've all all three of them, plus Elida Messenger, are have been over the years, uh, the four core people in this operation.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's just this, this endless. And, and by the way, if you follow all their resumes back, they all wind up passing. I mean, I first met Carrie Lucking when she was the com, one of the comms people for the House DFL caucus back in 2010. So right, I mean, these people right. all part of the same machine here. Now, mm-hmm. having studied this for a while, I mean, you, you and I have both been studying ABM for a while. In fact, I was looking back through my own records on my blog and seeing all the writing you've done about ABM, including a piece from 2014. That is to say, eight years ago. Uh, noting that the Dayton campaign uh, had a TV ad featuring a beleaguered middle class family, uh, including a, a family by the name Port. I couldn't find the original article, but I'm going to bet dimes to dollars that that <laughs> random beleaguered middle class family named the Ports includes Lindsay Port, the current DFL senator. I, if, am I, I, you may not recall that, but I'm going to have to dig into that here. Uh, this is a long, long track record. And, they, and you've pointed out their effect is absolutely devastating. In Minnesota politics, they have never lost an executive branch race here right now. Uh, what in digging into it, is there anything about them that still surprises you? I mean is there anything new that people need to learn about them uh, that's different from when a lot of us were paying attention to it last five, six, eight years ago,
3: Bill Glenn. Well, some of it is just the sheer volume of the dollars. Uh, There just seems to be so much more money. And uh, I was looking at the Alliance for a Better Minnesota group, and there are all these national groups that coordinate with them. So the uh, Democratic Governors Association has a PAC that's active in Minnesota. The Democrat Attorney General's Association has a PAC that has a PAC that's active in Minnesota, the Democrat uh, Association of Secretaries of State <laughs> as a PAC, you know, and there's just there's a Republican Governors Association, but there really aren't counterpart organizations. And uh, the other thing I was struck with was we talked about the dark money and and if you wanted to hide it, this is a great way of hiding who funds it. But so much of it is just out in the open who's funding it. I was surprised Uh, Looking through this, uh, how many individuals just give directly to these uh, PAC organizations and these funding organizations? I mentioned Elida Messenger, Mark Mark, uh, Dayton's ex-wife, Rockefeller Heiress. She gives millions every cycle to these groups. I found donations from Steven Spielberg, the film director, and his wife, the actress uh, Kate Capshaw, on the list. Yep. It was... uh, uh, and then you know the millions that George Soros has spent in Minnesota, you know it is all out in the open he He donates under his own name, yep uh or he donates under the open Society Policy Institute, which everybody knows is exclusively funded by George Soros money, and so I was struck with a little bit of how open they are with it they aren't they aren't trying to hide it behind the dark money, at least not all of it. And just the sheer volume of it. Where I was looking at maybe millions of dollars ten years ago, it's tens of millions of dollars today. Where the Democrats and and Republicans were rough parity. Maybe Dem- Dems had a two to one, three to one margin. Now it's more like ten to one, twenty to one margin. Yeah. And how much better they are at targeting their efforts where you know, 10, 12 years ago, they were running ads that were just appealing to general voters. Now they've got operations that appeal to ever narrower slices. They're, they're, of the they're, micro,
2: they're micro-casting, absolutely. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, first of all, the response to this. I mean, given... That the uh, that the Twin Cities media is just doing such a wonderful job of, of, of fighting for the transparency we need in cases like this <laughs> Bill Glan let 's take a quick break and come back with what we you and I and the audience can do about this uh, we 're talking with Bill Glan by the way, uh, who's written a great article about ABM for the Center of the American experiment six five one two eight nine four four eight eight If you have questions, six five one two eight nine four four eight eight go nowhere we 'll be right back.
1: This is jaw-dropping.
0: 2,000 Mules, the shocking new movie from Dinesh D'Souza. Cell phone, geo-tracking, tells the truth behind the 2020 election conspiracy.
1: Philadelphia alone, we've
0: identified more than 1,100 mules. This is organized crime.
1: They have ruined Election Day in the United States of America. That's provable. See
0: the proof for yourself. 2,000 Mules. Watch it or buy it today at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Sponsored by Salem Media Group. HB42
4: technology, SBS rubberized polymer, cementitious filler, cellulose fiber. <laughs> Hi, this is Tim O from the Kingdom Builders Roofing. There's a lot of stuff that goes into making quality shingles and choosing the best shingle for your roof shouldn't be complicated. There's quite a few shingle manufacturers and each manufacturer has a number of options available, so how do you know what the best shingle is for your roof and budget? When you choose to work with the Kingdom Builders, rest assured that we can explain the differences between the top shingles in our market and the pros and cons of each. Even though there are a lot of great shingles out there that we work with, there may be a specific feature or color that you'd like on your new roof. Some shingles have a greater resistance to black algae streaking, which we see quite a bit of in our area. Some shingles stick down and stay put better than others. We can show you the samples and explain the differences clearly. If you need your roof inspected, just give us a call at 612-900-9166 or go to thekingdombuilders.com.
5: After a long and surprisingly chilly spring, we know that the heat of summer is on the way. Now is the time to take advantage of standard heating's offer, two sweltering savings that won't make you sweat. Save up to $1,700 on the purchase of an air conditioner and furnace combo. Don't have central AC? No problem. Standard is offering an instant savings of $900 off a multi-head ductless system. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is a family-owned and operated business with 92 years of serving the Twin Cities community, servicing over 500,000 homes. Take advantage of these specials and beat the heat this summer with more money in your pockets. Call and schedule your free no-hassle estimate with your neighborhood sales representative. Hurry, these offers end May 31st. Go to standardheating.com for more details. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, providing the comfort you deserve since 1930. That's standardheating.com. Mention the Patriot. Standardheating.com.
1: Take your favorite Patriot hosts with you wherever you go by downloading our app. Listen to your favorite shows, see our social media posts, enter exclusive contests, and more. Just search for AM1280, the Patriot, in the App Store.
2: AM1280, the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, don't forget you can show your mother how much you care with your kind words, flowers, a thoughtful card, chocolates. And if you're lucky, 2000 bucks. Our annual 2K for Mother's Day giveaway is back. You can enter once a day, which means pretty much enter today. Get on it now for a chance to win her 2000 bucks. Drop by am12a thepatriot.com for details and to register. By the way, Mother's Day is tomorrow in case you've forgotten. Don't be forgetting Mother's Day. 651 289-4488, the number to call, should you care to join us. We're talking with Bill Glahn, uh, who wrote a piece uh, within the last couple weeks here, I forget exactly when, on the Alliance for Better Minnesota and the network of uh, of essentially, I don't know, if this were a, not a political enterprise, it would be called money laundering. And it's just one of a, a vast array of these groups. I mean, it's just the statewide uh, reflection of of a, something you see nationwide. I mean, you mentioned George Soros and his Open Societies Foundation, which has its donation arm and its direct action arm, which, as we've talked about with Mark Drake, has been uh, funding to put people into newsrooms, into Attorney Generals and Secretary of State's office. Of course, we've got uh, Michael Bloomberg, who has had a, I mean, he, he is basically why we have uh, what's-her-face in the 2nd Congressional District, Angie Craig, in office. I mean, she basically, uh, Michael Bloomberg basically uh, bought her that seat uh, four years ago here. We're talking an awful lot of progressive plutocrats with very, very deep pockets who are not bashful at all about uh, about about flexing that financial muscle. And the media seems to have discovered dark money in regards to the Koch brothers and only the Koch brothers. <laughs> what, uh, I mean... This would, If this were a conservative group, it seems almost pat and, and trite to say, but if this were happening on the right of center, I have to imagine the Star Tribune and Minnesota Public Radio would be paying a bit of interest. And yet, after 12 years, we've got complete
3: crickets on this issue, Bill Glein. Yeah, well, when they do manage to write an article about it, it's the one about, hey, isn't this great that they've gotten together and... They're doing such great work and winning an election, so it's praising them, not criticizing them. But, yes, it's legal money laundering. It's perfectly legal. They're not doing anything against any law. But this is exactly why money laundering laws are in effect, the fact that you conduct these transactions with these shell companies to hide the source and use of the funds. I mean, it's the same purpose. It's just legal when they do it. But, uh, yeah, so I, sometimes on Twitter or sometimes I, I get emails saying, well, why aren't you looking at the Republicans? You know, the Republicans have their fund elections. That's true. But as you said, I am, I am highly confident that if a Republican or right-leaning group were doing anything wrong or untoward, the Star Tribune, Minnesota Public Radio, these other outlets would be all over it. So I don't need to do that work. That work is being done.
6: Yeah, and so there's and-
3: very few people. Looking at the other side, and I'm I'm trying to do a little bit of work the, on that side of the of the aisle.
2: Yeah, and in fact, I mean this this was writ large in Angie Craig's uh, the campaign when she first uh, won uh, four years ago, I believe it was when uh, Michael Bloomberg's campaign donated four million with an M dollars to Angie Craig, the National Rifle Association. Seven thousand dollars. That's a roughly a little over five hundred to one uh, margin in terms of dollars given here, folks. That's 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 a little lopsided here. And the the question we have then becomes, what do we do about it? I mean, we're we're a party. We're a movement, really, that, that tends for the most part to get by on small money donations. We work. I mean, the Republican Party works off of volunteers uh, for the most part. What? It, how is it that that? schnooks like people in this audience can fight back against this machine i mean that's the only real world for it how, how do how do we fight back against this machine bill glott
3: well i'm guessing your the members of your audience are like me they're not in a position to write a six or seven figure check like michael bloomberg or george soros or or kate capshaw could write but i think what your audience can best do and i know a lot of people in your audience follow me on twitter i wrote just a tweet, I wrote a little piece on it, but I wrote a tweet about some campaign finance shenanigans involving Ilhan Omar's campaign. I got a 1,000 retweets on it. Yep. It's just amazing if you can get the word out. And we talk about the legacy media, the Star Tribune, and these other outlets are dying. Their audience continues to shrink year on year, whereas social media and all these alternative outlets continue to grow and grow. So the more sunlight we can shine on it from our side, either on your show or on Facebook, other social media platforms, Twitter, it takes a sting out. You mentioned a, a TV ad where they had a, a gal com- claiming to be a beleaguered homemaker trying to make ends meet if those darn Republicans weren't getting in the way. Yeah. There's just a whole host of that. There was another gal who I lost track of who was a go-to person. She was always described as a f- former republican or lifelong republican who's uh now switched sides because the republicans are mean and keeping bad things or keeping good things from happening and causing all bad things in the world and she was a student or she was a homemaker she was a single mom she was ever she was whoever they needed to be in that ad it was always the same gal (laughs) and uh it turns out she was a Democrat activist and they won't even hire new actresses for these jobs. So to the extent we can expose that, it takes the sting away. So if we can get the word out, Hey, this person isn't who they say they are, or who's funding this ad. Oh, it's this group funded by these people and get that word out. Then as educated consumers, we educate other voters who see behind the, behind the screen. Cause you look at, examples uh i happen to be calling you from the commonwealth of virginia right where i'm uh uh, conducting some business here and they had a tremendous success last year in the elections sweeping the table uh with the governor's race lieutenant governor's race the attorney general hadn't been in republican hands for quite a while everybody had written off virginia as a blue state we're never going to see red again and they took over the uh, what they call the House of Delegates, their House of Representatives, and won all three statewide races. And they were outspent by multiples. Yep. But they had a message, and their message was about parents' involvement in their child's education, about the economy, about everything going wrong in Washington, and won and one handily in state in a state they were predicted to lose and lose badly. So money isn't everything uh but educated voters as they did in the commonwealth of virginia make the difference so your audience is very well educated but they need to educate other people they need to get the word out to friends and family through social media through the personal interactions and when and one of the reasons why i wrote the piece when i wrote it was we're just now getting into the election season yep and it's just now getting started we haven't seen the ads But we will. Minnesota, the reason why they're dumping all this money into Minnesota, like Virginia, it's going to be a a battleground state this fall. Yeah. A state that people may have written off a few years ago is trending for Democrats in the wrong direction, just like Virginia. Yeah. So they're scared. And they're putting a lot more money into the state than they did the last couple of cycles.
2: Fair enough. We saw to draw attention well, you. see Angie Craig uh, running ads on the morning news in February and March. You know, something is amiss in the second congressional district. Somebody's a little bit nervous. And that seems to be the big parallel. And we, we're down to about a minute and a half left here, Bill Glan, So, uh. That's that's one of the big lessons I think. And I, being a small town Scandinavian, I tend to wax a little pessimistic about most things. But when you see situations like happen in Virginia, where you had a groundswell, an organic groundswell of conservative, and frankly just populist common sense opinion coalescing around some ideas, uh, we regular schnooks like in this audience can be pretty darn unstoppable. Likewise, in two thousand ten, the 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 Procrats with Deep Pockets poured a lot of money into beating Tom Emmer up to the point of uh, fielding a Potemkin ta- candidate, the fake Republican Tom Emmer, who exists. Uh, I'm sorry, Tom Horner, who existed purely to soak votes away from Tom Emmer. Let's be honest here. And they still couldn't stop the Tea Party surge from sweeping the House and Senate here in the state of Minnesota. I mean, that's what uh, that's what motivated regular uh, moms and dads like you and I in, in a state like Minnesota can do. But they, they, the other side is—I mean, the empire is striking back. Bill Glan your article uh, points out that they are—they're not—they're certainly, not, uh, certainly marshaling their forces, and their forces are lots of Jacksons, Benjamins, and Jeffersons. Bill Glan, so we definitely have to need a lot more work from people like you getting the word out there to people. Uh, so, hope we can see more on ABM in coming weeks, Bill Glan
3: Okay, thanks for having
2: me. Absolutely. And by the way, let me know if you got more coming We can definitely get you on the air again. I'm looking forward to hearing a lot more. Thanks. Bill Glahn, uh reporting from Virginia today, uh, talking about a piece in the Center of America experiment a couple of weeks ago. Thank you so much for your time today, Bill. Thank you. Absolutely. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Two segments to go, which means really, still, truly, the fun is just beginning. So the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Stay tuned. Much more to come. Don't know where. We'll be right back.
6: I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home, guaranteed fixed or replaced, with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-824-3853. 824 3853 That's 800-824-3853. 800 824 3853.
1: What drives your retirement investment decisions? The news of the day? Your emotions? Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. They'll be discussing how to navigate the emotional roller coaster of today's news cycle. Alan Mike will share with you seven principles of long-term investing, a set of guidelines to set yourself up for success in all your investing endeavors. Money Matters with Alan Mike, noon Saturday on AM 1280 The Patriot, or call them right now at 855-231-6010. Be careful. Once you try a Patriot burger, you may never go back to a regular burger.
4: That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackshackBarbecue.com. Get
1: Hey, Rack Rack yeah. I'm
7: 1280
2: the Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651 289 4488 the number to call. Well, big week coming up next Saturday. Where do we start? See, for starters, Narn live at the Minnesota State GOP Convention. Brad Carlson and I will be joining you from 1 to 3 live from the Convention Center in Rochester to talk about the convention as it goes, see who's going to be going forth to run to save this state. Tune in, by all means. And then through the chill of, well, May... Actually, gonna be a beautiful day, I think, next week. I'll be taking off from Rochester and driving up to Garrison, Minnesota, for the next "Elephant in the Room" gig on the west coast of Malax at the Rocky Bottom at the Y Bar in uh, Garrison, Minnesota, on uh, 169, right where the road splits to Brainerd. Join us. When the world as my band Elephant in the Room, will be tuning in for four hours from, I believe, 8 till midnight. Maybe 7.30 till 11.30 if the crowd's really jumping. It should be jumping. It's fishing opener up there. So if you're up around Mille Lacs or in the Brainerd-Baxter area, which is 20 miles west, come on over. Join us at the Rocky Bottom at the Y. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a blast. We've got a great set list lined up. Some great tunes uh, lined up to play. We're, we're going to have so much fun up there. Anyway, make sure you uh, get up there for that. And by the way, if you don't feel like traveling, if you're not up in northern Minnesota this weekend... That's OK. Two weeks from tonight. We are trying, three weeks from tonight, I guess. Two weeks from next Saturday, we are going to be at the Bloomington VFW in Bloomington, 85th uh, Street, just uh, between Nicolet and Lindale, right uh, kind of east of the North Bloomington Cub, which is at 85th and Lindale for those of you who keep track. And who doesn't? Anyway, hope you can see either or. What the heck? Both gig if you happen to be in the neighborhood. That's Elephant in the Room. And, of course, next week, uh, the Northern Alliance live at the state convention. Brad Carlson and I and probably Lee Michaels and, well, probably some of you. I hope to run into you down there. It's going to be a long day, but it's going to be the best kind of day. On the air and among all of our good Republican friends and up uh, playing a little bit of music for all of you. That's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, 651-289-4488. You can also join us on Twitter or Gab, or Parler, or MeWe, or Getter. Yeah, that's right. We got Getter working again. Uh, The hashtag NarnShow. That's N-A-R-N-Show. Either way, just join us at any of those. Operators are standing by or at 651-289-4488 if you have questions or comments. This past week, uh, the administration earned a certain amount of, I don't know, ridicule for setting up an office of uh, disinformation control. Uh, under a woman named Nina Jankowicz, who is, uh, you, if if you didn't know better, you'd swear the woman was out of central casting as a as a as a parody of a of a of a bizarre federal. Uh, you, you, she seems like someone you'd find on the the comedy Parks and Recreation. I mean, someone who'd be a parody of an overreaching, overweening, somewhat bizarre government official. I mean, who. Sings songs about disinformation to the tune of supercalifragilisticexpialidocious on TikTok videos. I mean, and who goes on TikTok or YouTube, I guess, to make videos about how well we have to clamp down on disinformation because there's there's people out there who who make jokes about anti-abortion women, or there's people out there who say Ilhan Omar married her brother, or there's people out there who dot dot dot, and you listen to this woman and you think, well. If saying something that may or may not be factual but is certainly done in poor taste is disinformation, then it's time to shut down Stephen Colbert, who, by the way, it's not usually associated with the truth, but whatever. It's time to shut down John Oliver and and The Daily Show, but that's not going to happen. If If you're talking about Ilhan Omar marrying her brother, well, the evidence is that she did and if you want to shut down quote disinformation that isn't it now if you're talking about information like the steel dossier which by the way Nina Jankowicz the our new minister of truth uh she was involved in she was involved in spreading that particular bit of not misinformation but disinformation i mean that was one of her babies that's one of the ways she earned her bones in the Biden administration, before it, the, the Biden campaign, and likely before that, the Obama campaign and administrations. This is... And you think, how could things get any more insane? How, how can we go through much more of 2 plus 2 equals 5, quite frankly? I mean, it's, you look at some of the stuff that's going on out there in, in the world of information, where you have our Minister of Truth talking about the need to control information, that is true. I mean, Ilhan Omar married her brother. And and it's, I mean, the evidence is out there. The media doesn't want to go near it because, well, they support her. They won't. They know where their bread is buttered. Uh, Jankiewicz in her video, which, by the way, I'll be posting at shotinthedark.info this week, uh, goes through a long list of things that are either things that are most likely true but expressed in bad taste or just plain bad taste but neither true nor false. I mean, saying that, that progressive women are a bunch of cat weight, cat ladies who live on, uh, single dateless cat ladies who live on, on boxed wine, I mean, that's distasteful. It's a hurtful stereotype, perhaps. But it's not necessarily worth the weight, bringing the weight of government down onto, which is what Nina Jankowitz is proposing or talking about some of the quote vaccine misinformation end quote which in many cases turned out to be information that the Centers for Disease Control now considers to be factual and scientific I mean the stuff for which people were banned from Twitter a year ago and two years ago is now considered valid scientific fact or the idea that those things are considered misinformation, but CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS going on the air and saying with a straight face that the riots of 2020 were, and I quote, mostly peaceful. Literally, as some reporters stood in front of buildings that were bel- belching smoke and flame into the sky, uh, the the reporters are saying, well, the the demonstrations are mostly peaceful. I mean, this is. Let's make sure we're clear on the definition of terms here. Misinformation is when you say something that I disagree with, and you tell other people. say, well, you're misinforming them. And by the way, it may be you may be misinforming them, or you may be telling them something different than what I tell them. By the way, both can be true. Not every issue is complete black and white on the abortion issue in particular it's possible for both sides to genuinely believe they're telling the truth and 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 the truth is somewhere in the middle in a gray area that's the true on most political issues not all but most and and yet there is so much out there that is just plain bald-faced uh baked monkey wind like Donald Trump saying, "Go inject bleach." He was being facetious at the time. He was being tongue in cheek. That's clearly not, or that he said there were perfectly good people on both sides of the Charlottesville uh, episode, uh, including the neo Nazis, which that's the part that they cut out. But uh, they left out the part where he said, "You know, not not the Nazis or Nick Sandman, for that matter." The Covington kids saying that they were a bunch of racist uh, thugs who were intimidating a Native American when the truth was completely the opposite as it came out. Misinformation is is information that you don't like other people getting. It may or may not be true, but it's apparently inconvenient to your point of view. Disinformation is actively lying, telling people something that you know is not true to get them to believe something that is not true to benefit you in some way or shape or form. For example, during World War II, the Allies waged an immense Phenomenally successful disinformation campaign, trying to tell the Germans that they were that D-Day invasion was going to come ashore around the town of Calais, in France. It's the part of France that's the closest to Britain, twenty-nine miles across the English Channel. You can see across the channel on a clear day. Logically, that would be the place to invade, and there was a huge campaign of information, uh, including uh, one of the soldiers running. It was a friend of my family's who who spent years building rubber tanks and fake cannons and fake ships massing for a fake invasion on fake invasion beaches, which kept a lot of real German troops tied up for days after the real D-Day invasion, because the disinformation uh, would have the Germans believe that, in fact, that, that, that was not the real invasion. It worked, by the way. That's disinformation. And it's not all bad, for example, if you're trying to, I don't know, liberate Europe. Sometimes it is bad. Like, for example, when Russian operatives tell our media that Donald Trump was colluding with Russia. Well, that's disinformation, and it's quite harmful, although our media, in its infinite wisdom, ate it up. Why is this happening? I bring this up by way of bringing you a quote from Theodore Dalrymple, and uh, it's, it's right on point here. In my study of—and con- I quote Dalrymple— In my study of communist societies, I came to the conclusion that the purpose of communist propaganda was not to persuade or convince— not to inform, but to humiliate, and therefore, the less it corresponded to reality, the better. When people are forced to remain silent when they're being told the most obvious lies, or even worse, when they are forced to repeat the lies themselves, men can have babies, they lose once and for all their sense of probity. To assent to obvious lies is, in some small way, to become evil oneself. One standing to resist anything is thus eroded and even destroyed. A society of emasculated liars is easy to control. I think if you imagine political correctness, or wokeism today, it has the same effect and is intended to. I'm going to be talking much more about this in coming weeks. This ties in with uh, my long-standing theory that much of modern left uh, behaves Exactly the way someone with a a personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, sociopathy, behaves entirely with an attempt to to control you, to browbeat you, to gaslight you, to bludgeon you. Forearm yourself here, folks. One more segment to go. Northern Alliance AM 12A, The Patriot. Go nowhere. We'll be right back.
7: That leaves only me to blame because mama tried. My dad says I'm his pride and joy. My mommy says I was her big surprise.
1: My mom
6: says I'm her best helper. I'm adopted. My dad says I was a gift. That's right, kids. Each of you are a miracle and a blessing from God. Hello, my name is Angie. I work with Pro Life Across America, the Billboard People. If you know someone who is pregnant and in need of confidential counseling, including alternatives to abortion or post abortion assistance, please call Pro Life Across America at 1 800. 800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro Life Across America is educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. Please help support our life-saving outreach. A baby child is being eighteen
5: days from conception. Pro-life across.
1: You can listen to AM 1280 The Patriot on all Amazon Echo devices. Simply ask Alexa to play The Patriot Minneapolis, and you'll hear your favorite hosts. This is Dennis Prager, and thanks for listening to me on your Alexa device.
2: 651 289 four, four, eight, eight, the number to call. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Uh, my name is Mitch Berg. My blog is shotinthedark.info. Don't forget Jack Tom's that coming up next. Brad Carlson tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Let's not forget that either. And of course, King Banyan, Saturday mornings 9 to 11 on her sister station, uh, AM 1440, The Businessman. You say, Mitch, you usually play rock and roll stuff for your uh, bumper music. What's up with this? Well, this is uh, Lara's theme from, from the movie Dr. Zhivago. Some of you know this. I, I know it, just only from working in Oldies Radio. And, of course, one other reason. It was far and away my mom's favorite movie of all time. Uh, my mom was an over-the-top Omar Sharif fan. You might say, as big of a fan of, as you are of Scarlett Johansson or Anna Kendrick or to me. I said, probably more. Probably all three. You might say, whoa, that's a lot. I said, yeah, you'd be right. My mom was a big Omar Sharif fan. So I grew up with this soundtrack constantly it's one of the songs i always associate with my mother and that's one of the reasons i'm playing it here right now that's why i was off the air uh, last saturday my mom passed away last saturday morning just uh, in time for uh, airtime. actually earlier in the morning here and i opted to do a best of for obvious reasons my mom passed away last weekend and it's of some bearing on this show not just because she's my mother we'll get back to that in a moment here her name is janice brooks um, that's her second married name. Before that, Janice Berg. That's when I first got to know her. Obviously, before that, her name was Janice Hall. Um, we have a lot in common, my mom. I mean, one of them those things we have in common is not politics. She was a Democrat, very much so. Uh, had she, I said half in jest but half seriously in the past, that uh, had my mother not been married with three kids by 1968, I'm sure she would have been a flower child, maybe run off to Woodstock. God only knows. I mean, that's uh, that's sort of the vibe she put out. Uh, my whole life, and uh, that being said, uh, she was a great mother, and we'll talk about that in a moment here. In fact, uh, that, that's that's the important part, quite frankly. I mean, the politics definitely differed, but I got one thing from my mother about that 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 leads us here. I'll get that in a moment. I mean, we have a lot in common. That being uh, said, my mom was the oldest of three kids. I don't much beyond that. I mean, my aunt and uncle and I are uh, due for a long discussion in the near future here about exactly what my mom was like as a child, because as God is my witness, I really don't know. It was never something we talked about when my grandparents were alive. And honestly, I probably spent more time with my aunt and uncle, my mom's little brother and sister, in this last couple of years than I I have ever. And it's been a good thing as far as that goes. Uh, I mean, in tragedy, there has been at least that. Uh, to to look back on fondly here, and when I say tragedy, it's been a it's been an interesting couple of years. I don't talk about my personal life much on the air for obvious reasons. There are creeps and stalkers out there, and why give them any unearned vict- uh, any unearned material? Uh, my mother uh, succumbed last Saturday morning to Alzheimer's disease after about four difficult years. When I say, by the way, and I say this with no attempt at political gamesmanship whatsoever, when I say. Joe Biden is not of a right mind. I say this in all human compa- with all human compassion intended. Joe Biden's mental state that he displays to the public right now is very similar to where my mom seemed to be four four and a half years ago, and that's not a good thing, folks. Uh, but enough of on that. My mom. I was born in Devils Lake, North Dakota. grew up in Bismarck. Um, spent my formative years in Jamestown. Uh, eventually. Um, le- when that family broke up, uh, spent several years in Ankara, Turkey, and then, uh, most of the last 25 years in Minot, North Dakota. And she gave me two things, uh, that are very dispositive to this broke program you're living, listening to here today. Uh, in some way, I mean, in addition to all the things that any parent gives their children, um, kids, and I'm talking about the kids who are lucky enough to have two functional parents in their lives, grew up, as little melting pots of all the different combinations of the traits and gifts and, you know, frankly, curses their parents give them. Now, I got a lot of things from my dad. I mean, that's obvious. My dad was a speech teacher, and yo, I'm speaking for fun and profit. <laughs> so, and by the way, my dad was a writing and literature teacher. I majored in English. I write five days a week at Shot in the dark. That info. He's been writing, by the way, books ever since he retired. I think he's on his ninth or tenth book now, and he's been doing editorials for North Dakota Public Radio for longer than I've been doing radio altogether. So that should tell you something. For my mom, well, my mom, some of her old friends have been giving me stories this last week about how my mom was sort of like a barracuda around a, a, a fleet of perch. I know, one's salt water, one's fresh water. Work with me here. Uh, a bar- My mom would find a conversation and go boring right into the crowd and have these Fairly intense, not confrontational, but certainly acerbic conversations with people. And keep it friendly, keep it on the level for the most part. Uh, She ran for the North Dakota House of Representatives, I should point out, as an NPL Democrat. That's what we call the DFL in North Dakota, the NPL. Uh, (laughs) As a Democrat in one of the most Republican districts in the state, in really the world. And she didn't win, but I think she just liked having people to argue with and had a great time of it. And so when people say, Where do you get your contrarian streak from? Well, look no further. That would be my mom, right there. This talk show you host to here on the air, I mean, my mom would rather tell people that I had just gotten out of prison than I was working as a conservative talk show host, yes, tongue in cheek with a nudge and a wink. But you have a certain amount of that from both my parents. My dad taught me my mom my dad taught me how to speak. And my mom taught me to enjoy doing it for the fun of it, for the sheer joy of mixing it up with people and hopefully having a productive discussion. And my mom was all about not sweating the small stuff for better or worse. Um, but here's the greatest gift she gave me and my brother and sister. Really one of the great greatest gifts a child could ever have. A completely unremarkable childhood. And I say this is a time when when there's a huge cottage industry of of people talking about their dysfunctional, abused childhoods, when when a millennial generation is growing up, basically making griping about their childhood, uh, a, a cottage industry. Uh, my brother, sister, and I pretty much just got to be kids without having to deal with a whole lot of the BS that parents inflicts on, <laughs> inflict on their kids today, if they're not lucky. Uh, Leo Tolstoy and Anna Karenina wrote, happy families are all alike, but every fam- <laughs> unhappy family is different in their own way. And I will say, when I was an angsty teenager, I used to complain uh, at some length about the beaver cleaver childhood I'd had, how how boring life was in central North Dakota, especially when I was an angsty teenager. Um, And now, especially after having raised some kids through some difficult times, I realized that was the greatest gift a parent can give a child, (laughs) the gift of having to deal with a completely unremarkable life and move on from there. Now, my parents split up years later, like literally 10 days after I got married, and, and my mom spent a bunch of time in Turkey and indulging her travel bug and it had some fun times there. I mean, going into a Turkish restaurant uh, with my stepfather and, and busting out in fluent Turkish, which just makes the the, the the Turkish waiter's jaws drop. That was hilarious stuff. But, um, and I, I mean, just all these traits I got from my mom, that I'm, for which I'm deeply, deeply thankful for. Uh, And she bristled at the limitations of being mom. She was kind of a Betty Friedan kind of woman in a June Cleaver neighborhood. Uh, For all of that, she loved being grandma. I mean, Some of my kids' greatest memories happened at her house in Mina, the dream house that her and her second husband built uh, up above the creek, outside of town. By the way, safely above the water. I mean, she must have had 20 people camped out in her house during the last big flood. So, um, anyway that that was the the, the story uh, this past week i don't i don't sit out a day on the air lightly but for that i did mom was lucky uh she never got to the stage of alzheimer's where she lost her personality she had that going for herself but anyway so for that i am profoundly thankful and for the uh 82 years she gave us thank you for tuning in god bless you all god bless america
1: Yeah, Ember Grove Hyundai. They have an amazing service staff. Incredible. Hey, I'm Javon from Megan. All in all, um, the entire staff is so friendly. I mean, you have young people to even elders. They really are like like good people. They have really really good hearts. So Tyler is someone that I would highly recommend. Uh, he'll
0: he'll remember your name too.
6: <laughs> I have a Hyundai Sonata 2020, and uh, the services that I've gotten on there is uh, oil changes. We had to switch out the chip
1: maybe once and. I probably had like a, a check engine light and I wanted to get it checked on, but they never give me a hassle. It's just like, hey, come in. One thing I love the most about Invergrove Hyundai is any place you go, that if they remember you, then you're significant to them. Even if you don't think you are, they'll make you feel like it and you'll feel right at home. Invergrove Hyundai's service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment online at InvergroveHyundai.com. That's InvergroveHyundai.com.
6: The power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions, and it just makes them better adults.
0: Hi, I'm Jeff.
6: Hi, I'm Trish, and we're from Oakdale. Jeff and Trish use the half-off tuition program for both of their sons' Christian education. That's half price for the first year of tuition at participating Twin Cities schools. The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family. Details at TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
7: How long has Midwest Fence been around? Well, when they got started, Henry Ford, Al Capone, and Babe Ruth were all still alive. There are no other fence companies in Minnesota with that type of longevity, with that kind of experience. Midwest Fence is celebrating their 75th anniversary, 75 years of transforming yards, taking plain pieces of property and making them more beautiful, more secure, more valuable. 75 years after they started, Midwest is now the largest fence company in Minnesota seven acres of inventory more fence designs than you can imagine in a variety of materials midwest has a fence right now just perfect for you and they have the financing to help you get it they'll stop out and give you an estimate at no cost so make your property more beautiful more secure more valuable go to midwestfence.com
0: hello this is joe cordell cordell and cordell is a firm that practices family law exclusively We focus on only one area of the law to maximize our strength and effectiveness as advocates for clients that have everything on the line. Their homes, retirement, savings, and most importantly, their children. We're the partner our clients count on. If we can be of help to you, give us a call. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's Twin Cities attorneys, a partner men can count on. CordellCordell.com AM